If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's right, kids. It's new deliciously carbonated meat goulash. The goulash with foam. It's a horse and a case. It's a horse and a case. We are the few, the relentless, the fireside girls. We also have sleepovers. This could possibly be the best day ever. This podcast was definitely recorded in front of a live studio audience. Welcome one and all to the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast where we review Disney television animation shows, but this month it's all about Phineas and Fur, baby. Oh god, there's bees in the audience! Who released the bees? Nobody's even kissing! I'm your host, Chandler Deroshay. Joining me today, we have all three members of Channel KRT back on the show. We have Kitty Quinn. I'm a horse in a bookcase. <laughs> Randy Martin. Holy guacamole, you sure are a handful. I think I, I, think I got that right. <laughs> and Tyler Green. Yeah. <laughs> it feels did. good to be back and to not have COVID this time. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, Tyler. Um, yeah, last time we recorded... Tyler, you didn't have to get tested for COVID. COVID had to get tested for Tyler. Oh! <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, last time we recorded, um, uh, shortly afterwards, Tyler found out that he was positive for COVID, so... <laughs> no, what happened was... Um, so what happened was I, I texted Chandler, like, the night we were going to record and said, hey, man, I'm not feeling great. I'm just having, like, really bad body tremors and shit. And I still oh. trucked on to talk about the Mickey Mouse shorts from Paul Rudish, and it was worth it, damn it. Yes, that was a good <laughs> yes. Paul Rudish gave you COVID. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse like, sneezed right on my face, and now I've tested positive for COVID-19. <laughs> Minnie gets COVID, Mickey runs up to her like, what happened? What <laughs> happened? <laughs> See, oh, you right. need to make little masks to go with the the Nuimos thing. <gasps> yes, they oh need to God. make little masks for them because because we have to wear masks in the parks right now. So I want to make yeah, a little mask for my fake mint plush. Oh, <laughs> oh you should do it. Oh, you know what? An interesting to. trend we've seen is that a lot of uh, cartoons have actually shown like their characters having to deal with the pandemic, which it's like on one hand, especially for kids shows like with Big City Big City Greens did. Um, a couple mm-hmm. things like that. I think it's good for kids to see that um, so that they know that they're not going insane and that this is, you know, just yeah. what it is. But at this the same is time, life like, now. This is our life now, but also it's like, well, but I kind of want to, you know, watch cartoons as an escape from all of yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, this on is one life hand, now. Can... Welcome to the new normal. I don't like it. Like, on like, one. <laughs> Like on one hand you have Arthur, on the other hand you have South Park tackling it. <laughs> yeah, and basically everything in between, and not just cartoons, but live action shows too. 
And it's like uh, one show that I saw and I haven't really watched a whole lot of it, but my mom's been watching This Is Us lately. And it's like, okay. the, the problem is that the way that they've shown it, they've been really, really inconsistent about actually like showing them following the proper techniques and everything. So it's like, okay, if you're not going to do it right, don't do it at all. Exactly. It's... <laughs> Yeah, there Especially... was a uh, there was a clip from Blackish from their pandemic episode that was uh, yes that trended recently and it was just fucking fire. Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen Blackish, but they hit all the right marks for that. They, they tend yeah. to do that when one of their when one of their clips trends. It's usually like of a really really good scene. <laughs> their their writers know what they're doing. I haven't watched and... much of it, but I've heard it's a really good show. I did also watch the 30 Rock special, the one that's in the future, and it was pretty good. Yeah, I still need to catch up on 30 Rock, but I'd say they handled it pretty well, honestly, especially the opening where they just nailed frickin' anti-maskers. <laughs> I haven't seen any, like, post-COVID COVID related episodes yet, but I did have a dream one night that, like, they would air old sitcoms like Golden Girls or Full House and stuff, but, like, there was a new law that said that any time a TV character was in public, you had to, like, digitally edit a mask onto their face. (laughs) (laughs) So you'd have, like, these old, like, you know, scenes that take place in restaurants and stores and shit from, like, Full House or, like, whatever. And there'd just be, like, these masks digitally altered onto them. (laughs) I am so glad Fuller House ended when it did because I, I shudder to think of how they would pull off a pandemic episode i really do not want the asker knowing the way they handle memes i really don't want to see the episode where kimmy calls joey an unproblematic himbo king uwu (laughs) 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 i would just i would just i i would just lose the will to live if i saw that like 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 how Padme just died because she just stopped living. That's what I would have done. She died of the sads. She died of she big died. sad. She died of but a yeah, broken Steve heart. Would I, I would just die Padme style if I ever saw that happen. <laughs> and speaking of speaking of dreams, uh, would Ferb TV count as a dream? <laughs> no, it's not a dream. It's just. It's just a random collection of nonsense that doesn't actually, like, none of it is obviously canon. Um, yeah. And of course, that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, but first, I wanted to really quick go over the episode that's paired with it, What a Croc, because it's a pretty standard episode of Phineas and Ferb. Um, but there are a couple things in it that actually come back, so I wanted to kind of talk about that really quick. But first, um, what's your guys's connection to uh phineas and fur when did you guys start uh watching it and what's your connection to the show oh man i went through a big 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 phase for phineas and fur through middle school my first year of high school i was huge on the show like i remember when it first began when i caught it like at the tail end on new year's eve i was I was just so, because I was kind of in my phase where I was starting to kind of phase out of Disney sitcoms because it was kind of the era where That's So Raven and Sweet Life were on, were at their tail end. And well, granted, I'd still kind of hate watch Corey in the house. So then seeing this show come up, it was like, oh my God, something refreshing and original on Disney Channel. It actually captured my attention and I just got sucked in. Like the writing, the songs, the animation the characters I just fucking loved it so much it was just my brand of humor and I was just so grateful for something like it existing especially since it's rare to see a show that's just so 
lacking in cynicism like not a single vibe of the show feels like anybody was forced into it like everything in the show feels like everybody had fun back in the days where i watched disney channel a lot as a kid i was i had a huge fucking crush on ashley tisdale yes <laughs> <laughs> i think i mentioned that in the that's a raven episode we did but uh i specifically remember that after the uh, the, the sweet life of zach and cody episode where they parodied high school musical they were doing a premiere of the Phineas and Ferb episode, the very first one, the roller coaster episode. And I'm like, oh man, a double dose of Ashley Tisdale. I'm in, brah. August 17th, 2007, baby. And watching the pilot, I was, I was like, I had a lot of fun with it. I was like, wow, this is like some really solid jokes. And I watched a lot of it in middle school and kind of fell off the wagon a little bit in high school. And I've just started getting back into it because of. Uh, because of Chandler and his love for it and the podcast, of course. So. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and also David's really good video on the world building of Phineas and Ferb as well. And Milo Murphy's Law. Stop sleeping on Milo, Milo Murphy's Law, y'all. Yes. Season oh, three. Yes. Season three. Season three. <laughs> I gotta catch up on Disney Channel shows so bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to say that every show has been a massive success, but... Phineas and Ferb really started this current golden age that we're in with uh, television animation. There's so many good shows that Disney's produced since um, Phineas and Ferb came out. I mean, of course, Gravity Falls was one of the other big influences that in turn gave us shows like Star vs. the Forces of Evil, The New DuckTales, Milo Murphy, Amphibia, The Owl House, so on and so forth. And that influence has also spread to a lot of other networks as well with Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and even Netflix to an extent just doing really awesome creator-driven shows that pretty much anyone can watch. So my life experience with Phineas and Ferb, um, I pretty much have been watching it since it started, but I did kind of like trail off of it once I kind of, you know outgrew Disney Channel and I gotta say it's real it's probably been the longest lasting Disney show I can think of. I feel like it's been going on for like a decade almost and it's still going strong, which is really impressive. Um my dad and stepmom actually did take a pretty big liking to it because um they have kind of primary care of my brother who is um severely nonverbal autistic and he took a liking to it while we were watching it and that's really nice. So, yeah, and then when I uh, met Tyler and Kit and everybody, um, they were still into Phineas and Ferb, and that kind of got me back on loop with it, and yeah, it's pretty much my experience with it. It feels like it also really led to a new a new generation for their animated shows because you can tell because I love shows like Kim Possible and The Proud Family. Yeah, they were all great shows. They definitely had a different, I don't know how to describe it, more of an early 2000s feel, kind of less kind of ironic, but kind of in the middle, not quite on the level of Phineas and Ferb, where it's just, just snap, 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 wit, 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 yeah, because definitely Phineas and Ferb inspired the likes of Gravity Falls and its advertisements humor, as well as various think, types of creativity. I think a part of what I like about Phineas and Ferb so much is that they start off with the traditional formula at first, but then the show just goes off the rails and does its own thing. Like Ferb TV, this specific episode is just vignette after vignette and it's a lot of fun and i think that this show definitely played a huge part in paving the way for 
the future of Disney animation on Disney Channel and stuff like that. Absolutely. One criticism I've seen is that, oh, there's too much of it. And it's like, I mean, I kind of get that, especially when it comes to Milo Murphy's Law trying to find its own identity. But honestly, Phineas and Ferb works so goddamn well and actually feels like it has so much effort into it. I actually appreciate it way more than, say, modern SpongeBob or fairly odd parents being pushed to hell and back. And the creators aren't egotists either, so... <laughs> And the other yeah. thing that's a big difference between Phineas and Ferb and like Spongebob is it was actually allowed to end, not just allowed to, but the creators were like, okay, so we've got these hour long specials that we're doing at the end of season four. Let's just have one of them be the finale and then we can go do another show and then maybe decide later if we want to come back and do more. And I think that exactly. was really smart because I think there's just the right amount of episodes of the show. I don't think they need to come back and make new episodes. I think movies great specials great maybe even shorts i don't know but it it it's at the point where they can still do new stuff with it like what we've seen with of course candace against the universe which was awesome and they're already in talks for another movie so nice and of course dan's doing hamster and gretel which takes place in the same universe so it's only a matter of time before we get crossovers with phineas and ferb and possibly milo there at least um, with Candace against the universe, it doesn't feel like they're beating a dead horse. It just feels all. like you're catching up with old friends and you're going on a new adventure. And it's it just adds to the fun, I think. Yeah, I love Candace Against the Universe. It was just a perfect way to go back. And like how Across the Universe was kind of their big epic adventure. This was something that they could have reuniting with everybody. Besides the Phineas and Ferb Milo crossover, of course. And it was the perfect balance, honestly. I I think that movie was kind of the, the perfect way to bring new people into the show who maybe hadn't seen it before while still being really rewarding to um, fans who had watched the show for years like most of us have (laughs) oh yeah like if you weren't there when disney would only air like one episode every three months you don't know the Uh, that was that was excruciating those days were excruciating they did that with gravity falls too and it was painful like especially when the finale hit (laughs) and then you got the flip side of that and i know i've brought i'm I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Amphibia season one, they burned it all off like nothing. And Matt Braley, the the creator of the show, is not a fan of that. He's like, look, all these artists work their asses off on this show. And they kind of rely on people actually seeing it to hype up their work. Exactly. And when you just burn off the whole show like this, it's much harder for them to do that. Exactly. It's like, it's not Netflix, guys. <laughs> yeah. And it, um, with Amphibious Season 2, they've been doing it one a week, which, good, it's like, that's how, that's how it should be. And on, on that note, it's kind of fascinating watching so many people rediscover what it's like to watch a TV show with WandaVision. Oh, yeah. Like, wait, <laughs> this is only 30 minutes and it's once a week? What? I have a lot to say about once. I have a lot to say about WandaVision, but I'm not gonna. Like everybody is all, oh, but if, why can't we just get it all at once? Because then that would kill the fun of it. It's like we already had point. a three and a half hour. And whole, I mean, at least it's a tr- at least show. At least with Stranger Things, I'm used to. Oh God, I just realized. Speaking of Stranger Things, when they drop season four, are they gonna have be have to deal with one episode a week? Oh, come on. I like binging it as if it were an eight hour long movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in that, so used to that binge format. 
Yeah, it's uh, and it's like it's not to say the binge format isn't good. It's it works for plenty of things, but sometimes it's just so much better to kind of have the experience, especially if you have a show that's building on mystery. It makes it way more fun to watch it day after day, week after week. Yeah. Personally, I think the binge format just isn't for me because I have just like a short attention span, so I can only do like one or two episodes of like something a night before I just yeah. <laughs> drift off onto something else like i remember when bojack was still airing it would take me almost a week to finish the whole season because i besides having to capture my emotions after every single episode i'd also just be like it's too much it's too much <laughs> i'm kind of scared too I'm, much, I'm not gonna man. lie i never watched bojack just because i'm fucking scared too oh yeah, <laughs> valid. yeah I, mean, I, <laughs> I love it but it's hard to recommend yeah I, I don't like bad existential stuff unless I'm prepared for it. <laughs> and speaking uh, at, of- at least with shit like everywhere at the end of time, I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. And speaking of horses, there's a horse in a bookcase in there this episode. There is a horse in a bookcase. Yes. <laughs> a yeah, horse there's a in whole a hor- bookcase. You say it's not. There's the a main horse episode. in this house. There's a horse in this house. There's a horse <laughs> in this house. <laughs> That's not the main episode we're going to be talking about, but really quick, I did want to go over What a Croc, because um, there there are quite a few things that come back. For example, Horse in a Bookcase, which is referenced several more times during the show, including during the Marvel crossover, like that of all (laughs) running gags, they brought back in Mission Marvel and and mentioned it like a couple times. Please tell me they made a Loki joke with that. (laughs) Um, They did not, sadly. Loki was not mentioned. It's it's kind of interesting stars. going back and watching Mission Marvel now, and obviously I want to do a Mission Marvel episode at some point. But yes. speaking of horses, I really do hope an MCU movie just drops it out of nowhere. That <laughs> is the biological mother slash father yes. of an of an eight-legged horse. It's actually funny. I, I haven't seen Mission Marvel yet, but if you do that, do that episode, I'm so down if you need a guest. Yeah. And, uh, and yes, that, that is correct. He is the biological mother. Yes. <laughs> also, one line I want to point out in uh in that episode uh, is when Phineas Phineas is is pointing out that they're looking for the crocodile, and he says something along the lines of they're wasting that time in that swampy marsh. They're wasting their time in that Swampy Marsh. That's, of course, a reference to Swampy Marsh. Waka waka. Who will be on this podcast in two weeks, by the way? Oh, my God! That's awesome! (laughs) That's so cool, man. Yeah, I'm excited Yeah, because he was in uh, He's so cool. He's such a cool dude. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was in one of my videos I did back in high school, and Dave and I met him back in September of 2019, back in the before times. Uh, He's a super cool dude, so I'm stoked to have him on. Yes. Um, I've also been following Dan Poppenmeyer. Is that Poppenmeyer or Poppenmeyer? Yes, Dan Poppenmeyer. I've been following him on TikTok, and he's a delight. <laughs> yes, his TikTok <laughs> is is one of the best things in this world. I kind of want him to do a crossover with Gilbert Gottfried so bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like just have Doofenshmirtz and Iago. <laughs> I just mean, two hey, of the most they... iconic Disney voices of all time. Yes. I mean, hey, they got Simon Pegg and Nick Frost for an episode, so who knows? <laughs> yes. So um, Phineas and River are kind of watching TV with Lawrence, and Linda's off to volunteer at the zoo, and Candace is like, so I'm in charge, right? And she's like, well, not really, because your dad's home. And they're, they're watching Horse in a Bookcase, and, and <laughs> Linda's like, okay, you're in charge. 
<laughs> and then how did he get here? And then Irving shows up. That, that is a very good question. How did that horse get in that bookcase? Because I mean, it how looks does... it looks like it's almost being suffocated. It looks like it's in pain. The same there. reason I there feel was bad for it. The same reason there was a horse in the hospital for four years. Wink, wink. <laughs> well, that's my horse in a bookcase. Is it, is it the same reason there was a horse in that house in that Cardi B video? <laughs> That, that's what he was saying, right? There's a horse exactly. in this house? Yep. <laughs> well, that's why the show finally got canceled in the Mission Marvel crossover. Spoiler alert is because um, PETA finally came after them and they had a... <laughs> because of course they did. <laughs> uh, so Irving shows up shortly after their mom leaves and he's like, hey, are Phineas and Verhom? Janice is like, yeah. And she closes the door on him. She's like, probably not from there. She closes the door again. Uh, <laughs> I would like to come in and hang out with my friends. Oh, why did you just I, say I, so? I, wanna, I, want, I would like to visit my friends, Phineas and Ferb. She's like, well, why did you just say so? <laughs> On a side note, I could, for some reason, despite being a fan, I completely forgot that Irving was voiced by Jack McBrayer for yes, some reason. As soon as I heard him, I was like, that's wonder. Holy fuck. <laughs> I, I did not know that. McBrayer, well. who, of course, we have discussed um, Wander Over Yonder on the podcast before. Yes. He's great at everything, always. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, and then there, and then he's describing how he has this iPad that's filled with all basically a Phineas and Ferb stalking album. <laughs> yeah, and and for some reason Phineas and Ferb were totally down with this, <laughs> as opposed to being very creeped out by it. I have a theory. Phineas is a stoner. This is why nothing ever bothers him, <laughs> except in the except in the summer belongs to you special. But <laughs> Phineas really is on one of those drugs that just like has you constantly motivated. <laughs> like he's probably just like microdosing psychedelics every fucking day, and that's why he just can do the shit. You don't want no part in this, Ferb. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, support research into psychedelics as antidepressants. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> and so then, uh, what was it called? The Upafas or? The Upafuds. Upafuds, yeah, Upafuds. <laughs> and then Candace keeps trying to steal it from Irving so she can finally have evidence. And, <laughs> and uh, can... by the way, here's something I've been thinking about. Uh, like the fact that Phineas is just so nonchalant and like he never really worries about the fact that uh, Candace keeps wanting to tell their mom about what they're up to. I have a feeling that if slash when the mom finds out about what they've been doing, she's just gonna not care at all or just like be so supportive. No, we've we've been over this before. Uh, I think she actually would be upset because. There's oh, right, the episode yeah. where um, Candace is mayor for the day and um, she actually gets mom to see the like pioneer town that they built and she is really mad about it. And of <laughs> course it gets reset, but like that's the closest we've gotten to a canon version of actually seeing what it would be like. And the thing is, it's just some piece of shit pioneer town. That's not even like an actually... Uh, yeah. 
That, that's not a big invention, really. That's just, like, basically... Part of me feels like it would actually be like, hey, mom, we just invented, like, a new type of civilization. And, they, and she would just be like, okay, that's nice, honey. Uh, I think their mom would care, but also it, like, kind of depends on what it is, too. Yeah, that's fair. Because there's also the... Uh... There's because the, there's the episode where they do get busted, but it was like all a dream or something like that. It was that. a dream. Oh, that that, yeah, was, that it shit was, was way, crazy. Harry stream and that. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, since I have this platform, I just want to say, fuck Candace gets busted. It is a just that ending is just bullshit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that episode made me mad. <laughs> I remember they hyped it up so much, and that. Yeah, it's like fuck oh my you, god, Disney Channel. <laughs> and it was like her fucking friends were forcing the party onto her it's like she was literally trying to just keep it as an intimate get together <laughs> Anthony uh, didn't stand up for her at all which yeah but... uh, not yeah, canon just... I know a lot of people were not happy with that episode <laughs> um, yeah. it was the um, it was the splinter episode of Spongebob of its day yeah <laughs> No, you know what it was? It was the finale of The Sopranos of its day. (laughs) (laughs) Don't stop, but Phineas and Ferb did stop. (laughs) What was that one episode of Hey Like right right before they get busted, it just ends on a black screen. (laughs) (laughs) Was that one episode of uh, Hey Arnold that everybody hated? Uh, Was it the one with the bunny pajamas? Because yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, Oh, Arnold betrays Arnold betrays Iggy. Yeah, that was the one. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the Arnold betrays Iggy of its day. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm, try, I'm trying so hard to think of other episodes of things people hated. Besides Arthur's big hit, aka oh. Arthur's parents clearly love DW more than him. They yeah, think. Arthur's parents are fucking punk bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will square up with David Reed. In the in the waff in in an IHOP parking lot, and I am not <laughs> afraid to say. I don't that. know if I ever mentioned this in our Arthur episode, but one thing that always strikes out about me about Arthur's mom is that she looks almost exactly like my mom did in that era. Oh man, <laughs> like exactly like my mom. Oh my god, that means you're Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I gotta go wear a yellow towel. sweater. Um, so the other thing I have in my notes here is as Perry's going to his lair, um, there's um, like um, baby pictures of the kids and there's a tiny gap tooth Candace on the wall. And she's so cute. Oh my goodness. Aww. <laughs> like in the, Aww, in the little child. brother's song. Oh. Yes. Oh, and then they cut to the TV where they're talking about how Crikey's gone missing and how he's just this tiny little alligator and Dan Poppenmeyer fire cameo. <laughs> Yes, Craggy the, Cro- the Crocodile, not an alligator, because Candace wrestled an alligator earlier as right. his reference, <laughs> which is a great callback to the Fireside Girl Jamboree. Yes. Um, there's also the bit where, um, so Perry goes to his lair, and it's, um, who is the guy? Ray Liotta? Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta is doing the, the, the briefing, because so- he would monogram a favor. From <laughs> because he used to work in the academy back in the day. <laughs> I can't believe I left it for Hollywood. <laughs> well, you do have more than us. And then he's just mimicking mom monogram and, <laughs> and Carl. 
and I'm just like, this is so be. How come? Uh, I'm just like, how does Phineas and Ferb Ray Liotta look significantly less uncanny than real life Ray Liotta? (laughs) 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 That man is not designed to look realistic, I guess. (laughs) The uh, real life version of CGI Peter Cushing? Yay! (laughs) That means we got to insert him in Rogue One. (laughs) Yep. Mm. Not gonna lie, the the CGI in Rogue One was like good. Yeah, I thought they did it really well on Carrie because she, that looked really good. But mm-hmm. I saw that movie right after she died. Oh, I cried like a bitch. I saw it right on the day she died. Oh, uh, man. I saw Rogue One um on the Lux level, where there's like waiters <laughs> and shit. <laughs> And booze, and it was awesome. I just remember, like, the first. I, I I thought the first half of Rogue One was kind of boring, but then the second half is what I like to call Star Wars porn. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, the ending of that movie is insane. Oh <laughs> my god! You have the Death Star, and you have the Adam Walkers, and the Tie Fighters, and the X Wings, and there's lasers and stormtroopers, and oh and my god! Yes, it's Star Wars porn. And plus, we're getting the Cassian Andor series, so hopefully that'll. Oh, and then maybe... you have that scene with Darth Vader just going through the fucking <laughs> tunnels and shit, being so badass and scary, oh, and oh yes. my god. <laughs> And then you see Leia, and oh my god, Star Wars porn. Yes. And then, so then, and speaking of porn, when Ray Liotta's describing how we've noticed that Dr. Doofenshmirtz has been looking up chickens lately, I'm like, oh god, please tell me he's not turning into Gonzo. (laughs) (laughs) Surprisingly, there never was a Phineas and Ferb slash Muppets crossover. Oh, that would have been amazing. Oh, oh my God. there was kind it of. It could happen. There was kind of. That one episode of Take Two with Phineas and Ferb with Miss Piggy. Oh, oh that's right. right. Yeah. I forgot that existed. Yes, they did that. Cool. And I had her sing Spa Day. <laughs> yes. Maybe they should just make Phineas and Ferb Muppets. Yes. <laughs> like, the des- not going to lie, the designs of Phineas and Ferb would translate perfectly into puppets. Like the like the Gravity Falls episode with sock puppets, and then at the end they're all real puppets. <laughs> it translated surprisingly well until I walk around. Speaking of walk around Phineas and that. Ferb, uh, I almost got to meet them in Hollywood Studios in 2014. Lucky, oh my but the line was long and it was not moving, and I really wanted to go on Muppet Vision a second time, so. Oh man, I think that was around the time too they were announcing that they were going to make the Phineas and Ferb um, Roger Rabbit style movie, but oh. that sadly never happened. I did get a picture <laughs> of uh, the Ducky Momo statue though, so yeah. Yay. I still won in the end. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh, we never got that, uh, was that uh, Imagination Pavilion uh, Phineas and Ferb crossover just Blue Sky, or was that actually going to be a thing? So I think happen? the concept art that we saw was for a World Showcase Adventure thing, and not actually for a ride. Gotcha. <laughs> was that, was Didn't that they like, just... Uh, was that, like, uh, the Imagination Institute, like, decorated in a bunch of Phineas and Ferb, like, stuff, or... 
I think there I was like there was some there was some concept art for a facade, I think, but I don't I don't know. I haven't seen it. I, I think Phineas and Ferb was just in the world showcase, but I didn't do that. But didn't they just replace that with DuckTales actually? Well they're going to at some point, but I don't know when because they've kind of halted anything like that. But I mean I, it's it's sad to see this Phineas and Ferb thing go, but at least DuckTales is a worthy, you know. Well, that also, the Phineas and Ferb and Kim Possible versions of the game were designed to play on flip phones. Yeah. And so when you do it and have it translate to a big smartphone or when I was trying to record it on my computer, which I had to lug around World Showcase to get all of that footage, that is how I recorded that whole video, by the way, was I had to physically record the, the footage on screen capture on my laptop. Oh man, um, <laughs> which has since died. Um, but that's how. So I, I guess I the DuckTales one is going to be more smartphone friendly. Yeah, the animation is going to look yeah. a lot better. I, I I would hope certainly. Uh, so I imagine when it was set up during like Kim Possible and Phineas and Ferb, people still mostly had flip phones. So. Oh yeah, because it was played on a phone that was loaned out. Mm, yeah. Um. <laughs> I remember one time when I was in the Mexico Pavilion, uh, someone was uh, someone was using the phone for the Phoenix and Ferb attraction there, and I think I saw like I think it was either Perry the Platypus or Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Like it was a statue of one of them popping up from like behind a planter or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I did like that. Yeah, I, yes. love, I love that. I mean, of course, I made a whole video about all the interactive attractions that used to be there, including World Showcase Adventure. And that video is quickly becoming a time capsule because like the Pirates game is gone. World Showcase Adventure as it was is gone. And yeah. Source of the Magic Kingdom closed. So it's like, wow, there is <laughs> nothing left. Speaking There's of the Mexico Pavilion, I went. I may have went on the Three Caballeros ride when the ending was just a screen, but at least I didn't end up being one of the poor souls to be at that ending when it's just cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's not a permanent change, but it is still pretty unfortunate. Going to Disney World during a pandemic must already yeah. be disappointing enough. <laughs> exactly. It's just cardboard. Why can that That'd be the worst Disney on? trip ever? <laughs> the word of God is that those will return this spring, by the way. They're being refurbished. Like they put out an official statement for cast members on the hub saying that, yeah, the three couple years have flown off for a siesta. I'm like, well, that makes no <laughs> sense in universe, but okay. Like, why not? Uh, the three <laughs> caballeros caught coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's Notice how they were not wearing masks. And then the pandemic started, and then the, one by one, they all just, like, stopped working. <laughs> they should have at least kept that screen as a backup, as exactly. a B-mode, like what they did. That screen a... has to still be there. That screen has yeah, to still exactly. be there. <laughs> anyway, so then they go, so then, the, excuse me. And so then it cuts to them, well, my brain. <laughs> They're in the sewers on an airboat going to go find Crikey. Oh, and then and then Candace is bragging about how she wrestled an alligator, and then all of a sudden, like there's a giant crocodile, and crocodile. they're like, "Oh, Crikey grew!" It's like with no explanation. They're just like, "Oh yeah, he's giant now." And then she's, <laughs> and then Irving randomly quotes Jaws. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, 
And Doofenshmirtz's whole plot is actually very consequential to the universe as a whole because that is the introduction of a little device known as the Chicken Replacinator. Yes, and it shows up again in Candace Against the Universe. Candace Against the Universe and Milo Murphy's Law. (laughs) And it's funny because in Milo Murphy's Law, uh, someone was, I think it was Melissa that was questioning him about bringing the Chicken Replacinator into space. It's like, well, it helped him before, so it can help him again. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it man it managed to basically save the day. <laughs> also worth noting, Sabrina Carpenter does some additional voices for uh for TV in this episode. So. Yes, I saw that. Oh, I didn't know <laughs> that. That's, That's cool. cool. I, I hope she gets more work outside of uh, Milo and Girl Meets World because she she's talented and is uh, she she deserves better than Girl Meets World. Yes. yes she also deserves better than that stupid driver's license drama where everybody's trying to paint her as a villain which she has literally nothing to do with <laughs> but that's another story <laughs> uh, oh also i like the little bit where Irvin calls the uppifids a she and candace is like did you just call it she he's like yeah i'm the uppifids and i'm a girl <laughs> oh great the right wing is gonna throw a fit over it now (laughs) Uh, even the ipads even the oopafuzz has pronouns now what (laughs) i love that uh i'm jumping ahead here but i love that end bit where candace gets upset about the about the crocodile eating the uh eating the oopafets so uh, irving says something along the lines of oh it's okay we'll just give him a few hours and then candace is like ew and he's just like, and then, uh, and then Irving says, um, "No, I mean my brother's gonna be here in like a couple hours to help bring the backup." What were you thinking of? Oh, that is that disgusting. Is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to like when Candace is going through the city through the song, which is which slapped by the way. That was a fun song. And then it cuts to Buford and Baljeet on theirs, and then Baljeet's like, "Hurry up!" And he's like, oh. and then Buford's eating a bunch of hot dogs and says he gets a tenth one for free. <laughs> yeah, we get a fun jet ski chase with uh, Isabel and the Fireside Girls and Buford and Belgique. Yes. And then it cuts to Perry ending up in Doofenshmirtz's lab and how Doof starts explaining his beautifully makes no sense plan. It makes no sense in the best possible way. <laughs> well, so I want, I want to mention the fact that um, Doofenshmirtz mentions that Roger has been voted uh, mayor of the year for um, for a second year in a row, and he's only been mayor for one year, or, or something like that. So, mm-hmm. No, no is Roger has been voted mayor of the year for the second time in a row, and he's only been mayor for one year. It's like, well, he's only been mayor for the the part of the summer that he was mayor, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Also, Ron- Roger's voiced by a uh, he's voiced by John O'Hurley, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. It's, it sounds like him. I gotta go check that. Yeah. Basically, Roger got in, got, excuse me, Roger became mayor by probably not very mock, excuse me. Roger probably didn't get his mayorship by by democracy, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna shoot um, the chicken replacing it new Roger, and people will laugh at him because chicken laugh, chicken laugh. It, it happens. Chickens are funny. Chickens are funny. Chickens are very funny animals. I held a chicken once. They're very soft. And of course, in typical Doofenshmirtz fashion, 
it backfires. I went to um, Discovery Cove and they had um, silky chickens and they are the floofiest things I've ever seen. I love silky chickens. They're so cute. Yes. (laughs) I used to do door-to-door canvassing and I went to someone's house and they had chickens. And they let me hold one of the hens. Oh my god. Oh my so god, they're so jealous. soft. Yeah. And then um my sister had a friend with chickens and I got to hold one of them. And oh my god, hens are so soft and so nice and they make adorable noises. Yeah. <laughs> my uncle had a rooster. Uh I hated it. It was the worst bird in the world. On a side note, what does a chicken replacinator do to a copy of Chicken Run? Replaces it with an actual live chicken, of course. Yay! So what does a chicken replacinator do to a chicken hawk? <laughs> no. Replaces do, do, it with do, a chicken chicken. Yay! Do chicken hawks just, like, have nothing to eat now that chickens aren't around? <laughs> like, Don't oh, think about man. it too much. Uh, the more you <laughs> think about it, the more it breaks your brain. And so then he starts replacing people's things with chickens, and then it just causes them all to laugh, and then it's so stupid but i kind of love the love that plan it's just like yes yeah, someone's turn it into like a chicken. someone's car gets turned into a chicken like a giant fucking chicken giant chicken <laughs> i want to get turned into a chicken i want to be a chicken someone find a way to a chicken so the other thing i wanted to bring up is uh, back oh. in july my mom and i went on a little staycation in uh, tampa for a few days uh, which was really fun. And we went, nice. we took a trolley down to Ybor City. And what I didn't know is that that part of town has protected chickens. They have chickens just wandering around over there. Oh, like oh over my there. God. So, <laughs> of course, my first thought was, wow, look at all those chickens. I love chickens. <laughs> chickens are adorable. And Chandler, you must have been laughing nonstop. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was, also, quite one funny. Thing I wanted to it was honestly this... quite funny because I was like, whoa, there's chickens here. Look at all the chickens. I have only <laughs> ever hated one chicken, and that was the rooster my uncle had. I hated that bird. He was really mean. No. And he would chase and he and he would chase me and scare me when I was a little kid. And you get replaced with a human. <laughs> I hated that bird. That was the worst bird who ever lived. So one thing I wanted to point out was that I, I pointed out the joke about the car being turned into a giant chicken. Why doesn't the boat that Candace is on get turned into a giant chicken when it gets zapped? <laughs> you guys I, notice that? It just get turned it just gets turned into like a regular sized chicken. Did somebody I, say giant chicken? Holy crap. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I guess maybe it was right out of the laser's line of fire, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> I don't know. It's because it's it, it, it wouldn't make as much that that would that would cause Linda to have some sort of concern as opposed to just being like, but well, why was she sitting on a chicken? <laughs> why is the of... chicken sitting on Candace? This is kind of skipping ahead, and sorry if this is spoilers for the next episode, but at the end, when the little TV device ends up getting zapped, I was really disappointed it didn't randomly turn into a chicken. That would have been brilliant, honestly. I'm kind of <laughs> sad that that didn't happen. Just yes. Like, see, none of this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Linda Linda would just have no reaction to it. She just, she's like, well, she'd just be used to it at this point, house. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Long ago, in a faraway land, there was a prosperous studio run by a middle-aged CEO. In an era of princesses and flashy musical numbers, the studio decided to go in a different direction, and thus their most unique creation was born, and they called it The Emperor's New Groove. But The Emperor's New Groove is more than just one movie. There's an entire expanded Grooveverse out there, and I intend to explore it all on The Emperor's New Podcast. Hi, I'm Micah Hirsch, and I'll be your host on this whimsical journey as I'm joined by special guests to discuss every corner of this underrated franchise, from movies to television to theme parks. You can hear all about it on The Emperor's New Podcast, available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Be sure to stop by and give it a listen, and remember, beware the groove! Boy, I'm hungry. Me too. Hey, it's Meep. Meep. Did you bring us something fun to eat? Meep, Meep. Yay, Meep Carbonated Goulash. That's right, kids. It's new deliciously carbonated Meep Goulash. The goulash with foam. Featuring quasar pork rolls, black hole ham hunks, death ray beef segments, spaceship tofu, and blue chimpanzee DNA replica helix marshmallows. Thanks, Thanks Meep. Meep. Meep, your goulash is... Meep. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> The with foam. New meat carbonated goulash comes with everything you see here except the bowl. Batteries not included. Uh, now the main episode we're here to talk about, Firm TV. I, yes. I picked this episode because it's a bag full of crazy. It is basically the equivalent. It was directed by um, Robert Hughes. And it's basically the Phineas and Ferb equivalent of a robot chicken episode. And you know, everything is bread and butter. That. And I am so, so glad you picked this. It's yes. Amazing. <laughs> you know, it's actually kind of funny because despite being a big fan for quite a few years, there were quite a few episodes. I kind of fell off the rails sometime after 2012 and then kind of caught up a little later on. So I was kind of, there's still a large amount of episodes I still need to see. This was one of them and I'm so glad I saw it. <laughs> it's it's really amazing it's a great episode i just yes. want to put it out there my favorite firm tv show by far is that's the norm yes that was the sketch that. that got the most laughs out something of me. something like, wandavision joke <laughs> just always, wow wandavision is amazing <laughs> there's just always something about norm that is just so fucking great to me norm is he's the- my son so you're Aww. telling me wandavision is just that's the norm and too many cooks combined into one yes i know <laughs> And then there's also, also one of my uh, also my favorite Norm line by far that I kind of feel bad about laughing at is when he says space is cold and unforgiving, just like my father. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> and then also we can't forget, holy guacamole, you sure are a handful. <laughs> I mean, in I also... all fairness, Susie is a handful. Yeah. yeah, she's a little shit sometimes on the show. I kind of love to hate her, but at the same time, exactly. I'm like, fuck you, stop ruining Candace's day. <laughs> but this special, she's actually really funny, especially the part where Jeremy and she are just staring at each other, and then she's like, get out of my room! <laughs> Holy guacamole, you sure are a handful. I love the fake out at the end of that sketch where it's where it's like it, it it's like it cuts to uh, Jeremy and Susie, and it's kind of like they both had a teary goodbye with Norm. And then Sue, and then she's she's like, uh, I'll be in in a minute. And then, and then she's like, Okay, Norm, <laughs> you can come out now. That's great. Oh. I got fireworks. 
Yes. I think my favorite besides That's the Norm was Buford's cooking show, just because oh God, he was the yeah. perfect parody of Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I want to say really quick about um uh about That's the Norm before we talk about the cooking show. Um one bit in um That's the Norm with the lemonade stand, they do the thing. Oh my God. Yes. They, they make it seem like Norm is hiding under a tablecloth, and they make it look like it's a really clumsy hiding spot. And then it's actually, no, it's just a lumpy table, which lumpy table is also a reference to the Can Jeremy episode where oh, nice. Candace used Jeremy as a table. Yes! Oh my <laughs> god! I hope, hope Stacy uh, wouldn't notice, but she knew the whole time that she was merged to Jeremy because... Uh, yes that was that was brilliant honestly i was like (laughs) (laughs) and then in addition at the end when he's like well well it looks like he had to go home and then he's then he's like he was a handful he was a handful okay you can come out good because i have fireworks (laughs) (laughs) was he holy guacamole holy guacamole you sure are a handful also uh, the scene where Susie does his makeup and then she's like how do you have, like what do you think and he's like self-interest requires a tactful reply yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then um, yes I love I love Buford's cooking show um Buford would make Gordon Ramsay cry he would oh my god <laughs> I can make five minute frosting in four minutes <laughs> Uh, then by the end the rival chef is just basically like so i start so it's not the it's not what he's saying it's how he's saying it so i decided to take his statements to heart and and use them on him and then it just cuts the buford title and i couldn't be prouder (laughs) (laughs) olive loaf on an olive (laughs) um and of course we have to talk about dr ninja belgeet oh Oh, god God, that that gave me some big uh that gave me some big magnum pi energy yes i fucking love how it's like they all just reveal themselves to be, sh- be these squid monsters and then he's just like i'm also a ninja <laughs> i'm also a ninja because i don't in I color promise- <laughs> i promise i'm not doing the fake indian accent sorry <laughs> Um, there's also the clip balloon and giant floating baby head hour which is basically just a variety show that is just Somehow even more inexplicable than a lot of episodes of The Muppet Show. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I like that this giant baby head just became a recurring thing in the entire series. And I love how they never explain it. Even by the end, they're just like, yeah, we never figured it out. <laughs> just giant baby head. He just side, exists. On a side note, would Milo Murphy's Law be a show in Perp TV? No, because it's happening in the real world. Yeah, Although true. Doctor Zone, maybe. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's one thing we actually failed to complete. We completely failed to mention in the episode I just did with um, Dave and Jonathan was we didn't talk about Doctor Zone at all. So oh, you monsters! Yeah. I, oh, I only scratched the surface <laughs> with Milo Murphy's Law. I will talk more about Milo Murphy's Law later on down the road. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, um, let's see. There was also another another part I loved where it was like the. Um, was it called the Bicentennial Circus? Oh, the Bicentennial Crabs? Yes, the Bicentennial <laughs> Crabs. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, it just cuts to one of them just fucking knocked out. <laughs> I was like, Bicentennial Crabs is actually the name of my Ramones cover band. 
<laughs> it gave me the vibes of that really real fake doors segment from Rick and Morty, basically where it just keeps showing the guy living his life and then getting into shenanigans after the commercial. <laughs> I kind of like the one where it was like that one Laurel and Hardy sketch, but not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, quick question. Who here would try Meep's carbonated goulash? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. No question. I would mix it with alcohol because that it's would be a hell of fun. <laughs> I would smoke it. Hey, also, also, I would die for Meep. Just saying. Yes. Yes, I know. Right. Yes, he's a little boy. Little baby. With a very... I think I remember someone saying that they had wanted to possibly try to do a Meep spinoff in Japan. Sort Ooh, of like really? um, what Stitch got. Because hmm. unsurprisingly... We need it. Meep, I need this. Meep with the whole Bangaroos thing was kind of like a spoof on Japanese characters and unsurprisingly Japan eats that shit up. Oh my god, it just hit me that Meep looks like Melody from the from Sanrio. Karomi Meep Japan right now or we riot. Yes! <laughs> and then in addition... Um, I desperately but... need Meep to become the biggest thing in Japan so I can get so many plushies in lunchboxes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was also <laughs> kind of funny how the Dr. Ninja Baljeet there were some kind of cringy moments where he's like with a very much older woman as his love interest, which is kind of, eh, but, but it was kind of, kind of a joke in itself. So <laughs> especially by the end when they both are having the meat garlosh. <laughs> also, my favorite Buford line in this episode was, look, some people tend to think I'm a bit harsh with these guys, but here's how I see it. Disgusting, utter garbage, raw sewage on a plate. <laughs> It's all about the talent. <laughs> I was just trying to make avant-garde. They, these people should be avant-garde from you. <laughs> I want to watch Buford make Gordon Ramsay cry. Yes, yeah, he totally Ramsey would. Cry. <laughs> oh, God. And we should also talk about that end credits gag. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're doofing shorts. Oh, wait. But first, we should probably talk about the cat car segment. Cat car, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love how it's just a parody of those old shows where basically like nothing happens for 20 minutes until something finally does. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, like we're in... with a cat. Swat cats <laughs> looks yeah. a bit different than how I remember it. We're almost there. We're there, cat car. We're <laughs> almost there. <laughs> I don't know, cat car. We've been all over Metroburg and still no sign of the sinister Professor Nibbles. Got any ideas? Saucer well, of milk? Okay, I don't see how you're that's the, gonna help, but you're the car. The car. I love cat cars so much. I yes. would die for cat car. Me too. And of and course, um, one of the other things we got to see in this episode was Ducky Momo. Yes! yes. Oh my god, they parody Dora with him. Like, Ducky Momo, it's over there! It's over there! What's he Literally doing? Literally any children's show that required audience interaction was like that. Lose <laughs> Clues, Dora... Oh, uh, what else was there? Fucking Diego. Shit, what was another one? Mickey Mouse happy Clubhouse. Happy. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Happy Happy. Happy Happy's <laughs> not real. I'm just saying, there is definitely a version of Channel KRT in the Swampy Verse where we are just screaming about Donkey Momo for two hours. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> he is there an our... alternate Channel KRT universe where we're actually screaming about Happy Happy? <laughs> Ducky Momo becomes... Ducky Momo becomes our Michael Jackson, but without the without the you know what. 
uh, the 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 alternate universe where me and Kit love Baby Bop, but you hate her with a passion, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I do not see that happening. I just wanted to mention that A Day in the Park with Barney closed shortly after Dinosaurs was put on Disney+. Plus. Coincidence? Yeah, probably, but it's still pretty funny. <laughs> All right, we gotta travel over there and show you. <laughs> we'll go across the second dimension. But, ah, but, that, but ah. then if you do that, I'll have two more people on my side who are <laughs> pro-Baby Bump, so... That kind of does nothing to further the discourse. It just adds more people. Okay, that's true. And then I also love how Roger's like, darn it, I'm out of rat metaphors. You're caught like a rat in a... Um, well, you know what? I'm out, I'm out of rat metaphors. <laughs> like a rat and in a then, hat and a bat and a cat? And then cat car just throws up a hairball. <laughs> oh, we didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, I remember having a cat. There's also um, Dancing with the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Dance, dancing with the bears the timothy treadwell story i knew that i knew you were gonna go there <laughs> <laughs> oh god i you can cut this out but i have another one dancing with bears the revenant story <laughs> I, I feel like that one's a lot that joke is a lot more acceptable than the timothy treadwell one because at least the revenant is fictional to an, yeah. to an extent yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I deleted the Timothy Treadwell joke we did in the Bear in the Big Blue House episode. <laughs> if it involves bears, I have to make a Timothy Treadwell joke. Yeah. <laughs> Song of the also, South, the Timothy Treadwell story. <laughs> there's also some commercials we get. Like we mentioned, there's meat carbonated goulash uh, with Quasar pork rolls and <laughs> what else was there? It's like they look like cereal marshmallows, but they're supposed to actually be like meat because it's goulash. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that cereal actually does remind me of? What? So when I was a kid, they had all these like Disney cereals. They had like the honeybees, which is the poo one. They had mud and bugs, which was like the Timon and Pumbaa one. And then they had a Buzz Lightyear one. That oh, was amazing. Those, yeah. The Buzz Lightyear one was amazing. That one... I would say Mud and Bugs is my number one favorite, and then the Buzz Lightyear one is number two. <laughs> that Meep cereal reminded me a lot of that Buzz Lightyear cereal. I can't remember what it was called, though. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't, like, actually try to market that in real life, though. Right? Like, as an actual <laughs> cereal and not as goulash. <laughs> Bring back honeybees. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bring back them. The if you miss Mud and Bugs, just get Chocolate Lucky Charms. It's like pretty much the same thing. Same thing. Yes. In addition, bring back, um, wow, I can't, ah, my brain. <laughs> I guess bring back the frozen cereal. I don't know. <laughs> also the, also the carbonated goulash joke ties into uh, Dr. Ninja Baljeet. Yes. Yes. And then basically it shows him and the girl throwing up, basically getting the foam of it on their mouths at the end. Looks like <laughs> Does he give you rabies? Does that mean? Yep, that means that, ah, oh, dang it. Well, they were, then the show was sadly canceled for promoting rabies. <laughs> you can't be too careful with Tumblr these days. <laughs> well, wasn't there like a whole Tumblr thing that was like pro rabies? Yeah. 
And then there was also the Fireside Girls and Girls trailer. And then it shows oh like- my God, the Fireside Girls propaganda. Fireside <laughs> Girls spinoff when? We also have sleepovers. <laughs> I really want to see more military recruitment style Fireside Girls commercials so bad. Yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I, I might be, I might be thinking- I might be wrong here, but didn't they want to make a Fireside Girls spinoff at one point? Yes, they did. They wanted yeah. a Fireside Girls spinoff. And it would have actually been, um, okay. from what I understand, it would have actually been where it would be just like the episodes that they've done where it's like um, Bubble Boys and Isabel in the Temple of Sap or um, B-Day and B-Story where it's a parallel story to a Phineas and Ferb episode yeah and then i would have watched it yeah that sounds cool yeah basically be like pink and then i imagine it also would have followed the adventures of agent pinky yes oh i forgot to <laughs> yes. point this out when we were talking about uh the, the last episode but the scene where uh phineas and isabella are riding on the jet ski together that was cute oh yes that was such cute. a cute couple i like them join us next <laughs> week for more discussion on shipping yay <laughs> All right, I will not be there you. for that, but I will be listening. So, yes. all right, shipping discussions. <laughs> let me tell you why Harley Quinn and Gamora are canon. <laughs> <laughs> also, can I also I also have decided Candace is a bicon because she has both, and and she's polyamorous because she has both Jeremy and Vanessa. <laughs> it's true, and you should say it. I yes. mean, we pretty much speculated that Bear in the Big Blue House and Barney are like husbands. So yes, <laughs> and it does check out. I think so. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to Channel KRT. We'll ship anything. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I also love how Perry's how Perry's seen as this episode is basically hinting that he was off fighting Doofenshmirtz. And I guess it resulted in spoilers, the end credits where Doofenshmirtz ends up trying to steal the narrator's gag. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, is this Studio A? (laughs) Fun fact, other than that credit sequence, Herb TV is the only episode without Doofenshmirtz. Yeah, I noticed that because it just I mean, I at first I thought he was in the uh he was in the show that his brother Roger was in as uh Professor Nibbles. Hmm. I could have sworn that might have been him in the in the costume. Yeah, speaking, he looked like him. <laughs> speaking of Doofenshmirtz, this is something I just have to put out there. Disney Imagineering, if you're listening, here's an idea for an amazing attraction. Think <laughs> Turtle Talk with Crush but with Doofenshmirtz. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Honestly. Replace are- Turtle Talk with Crush with like <laughs> something pretty much the exact same, but with Doofenshmirtz, and it would be amazing. They basically already have an animation rig like that for Doofenshmirtz from the Doof, da- Doof Daily Dirt days. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a cheap flash model that you can animate kind of like they, they've done like real-time animation like that with like live streams or um i don't know if they did it for phineas and fur but they did definitely do it for star versus the forces of evil several times where oh, it's nice. just like very basic animation and it's obviously the actual voice actor doing it like let's face it no one likes turtle talk with crush anymore but no. everyone would love something like that with Doofenshmirtz. Yeah, yes. I think they'll see it with a different character. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> Important question. Can we can we find a way to get Dan Povenmire to say animated little fucker? 
Yes, <laughs> please. I want please. Dan Palvermeyer oh to call Harry the platypus and animate his little fucker in the two <laughs> piece. you animate little fucker! <laughs> <laughs> but well, newsflash for the stupid people. Uh, when we when we filmed this thing, the animated little fucker isn't there. <laughs> Eric Idle, if you are somehow listening to this right now, we love you. Thank you. We love you, man. God thank you for everything you. that you've given thank us you. last month. Eric thank Idle, you, King. thank you for killing Figment. Yes, Eric, Eric Idle, you are my hero. So uh, that's about it for my notes. Uh, do you guys have any more? Figment! 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 I sadly don't have any. Woody Woodpecker! <laughs> oh, did you guys see the post about David Lynch going into a like a, an abandoned building and grabbing like five Woody Woodpecker dolls? Yes, I fucking <laughs> love that, that post. Oh, there's one other thing we didn't mention. Not in my life anymore. <laughs> there's one more thing we didn't mention. Work. Yes, Kiko. Free Willy. Free Willy. Huzzah. Boy. So the thing that we um, didn't mention um, that was the when it cuts to the news, and it's like, oh, there's a oh, meteor sh- impact at 9 p.m. And also, who's this fellow? What's he doing in the in the bookcase? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I almost forgot uh, I about that. That, that reminds <laughs> me. Um, put that in there, and if so, why? <laughs> I love how there's no explanation for that either. Or any follow up to the meteor? It's like, yeah, that that happened in Perp TV. The real Just, answer. So not to to- not to totally expose my personal life. But on Tinder, they have this thing called Swipe Night. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like little stories and you swipe and you meet people based on the decisions you make in these choose your own adventure types. Oh my God. And one of them, the one of them was basically that news broadcast. A meteor is going to hit in nine minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as I saw that, my mind immediately went to, oh, Swipe Night. Uh, oh, and there's also the ending bit where uh, where they're at, where Phineas and Ferb ask Candace, so what do you think? I'm going to go tell mom. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I think she liked it. Oh, uh, the thing I didn't mention in uh, What a Croc that I kind of just wanted to mention, and we mentioned it before, but Phineas absolutely idolizes Candace, and it's really sweet. Yeah. Aww. He loves her. He loves her so much. He loves his big sister. Exactly. Like about um, you know, he's like, "Wow, Candace, you 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 brought Crikey back. You're amazing." Aww. It just makes a certain scene in Mission Marvel hit even harder. Especially uh, in yes. slight spoilers for Candace against the universe. It especially ties into that scene where Phineas and Ferb make her a lantern and show her how much they appreciate her. And I'm like, yes. oh. coffee bug. I can't listen to the Heartstrings to Hero um, section of the score that's on the Candace Against the Universe album without tearing up. I adore that scene. I love, I love, I love good sibling stuff. I love good, wholesome sibling stuff. That's some of my favorite stuff. Yes. Uh, Everybody who says they don't care about her feelings, fuck off. They care deeply. <laughs> catch me crying in the Denny's park at, parking lot at 3 a.m. to Little Brothers. Oh yeah. Because they're younger, you're related, and your boys. <laughs> Although that could also that could also describe cousins, but yeah, fair. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean I, cousins I have three are pretty younger cool too. Siblings, so. Yeah. Cousins give you weed on Thanksgiving. We need to change. <laughs> <laughs> All 
right. Uh, is that about it for you guys? I think that's anything about it. I think so. Yeah. Anyone got yeah, anything they like want to plug? I'm over at Mission Breakout on Twitter, even though I do not recommend Twitter at all these days. <laughs> I... <laughs> well, there's oh, one less horrible part of it. I'm yes. Walking... On, on Instagram, and of course, you can find Tyler and Randy and I over on Channel KRT, our Twitter, our Discord server, our Facebook group, our Instagram. Yeah, we're pretty much on all the social media sites at this point, except MySpace for some reason. <laughs> I'll set up the Channel KRT MySpace and I'll make it as emo as possible. Yay! <laughs> Beautiful. You can find me over on Twitter at TylerFG. Instagram at TylerFG96. I'm also on the Jeb and Greencast, which is a podcast me and my friend Vinyl Man Jeb host, where we interview some of our some of our favorite musicians that we recently brought back out of a hiatus. Uh, you can follow me at Cosmic Rewind, but place the E with a three on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at No Context Harley Quinn and No Context TGIF. And you can also find me on Channel KRT and on a few episodes of Escape from Vault Disney. You can find me on one episode of Escape from Vault Disney. (laughs) And you can find me on three. In fact, Randy, Tyler, and I were actually on the Great Muppet Caper episode. (laughs) All of us have been in at least one episode of Escape from Vault Disney. And you know what? It was one of my favorite podcast experiences ever. Yay! Alongside being on this podcast twice. Yeah, this was this was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you so much. You can find me on Twitter at Starport97 and at the YouTube channel Starport97. I'm actually planning on finally bringing back my flagship series, Theme Park Backlot, which has been on hiatus since April for obvious reasons. The next episode is going to be all about Walt Disney World Resort infrastructure, the resorts, and Disney Springs. Specifically, the changes that have happened since um, Dave made his videos about those things. So expect that within the next several months. I'm not entirely sure when it's going to be out. I just started working on it, so it's still a ways off. But I do want to actually start making new content for my YouTube channel again. I really do. But in the meantime, you can also find this podcast on Twitter at Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. Leave us a review and give us five stars. That really helps us out in the algorithm. You can find us on Anchor and all the other usual places. Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. I'm also planning on uploading the episodes to YouTube again soon, so those will be at Starport97 on YouTube. But like I've said before, I really want to try to encourage people to listen on the actual podcasting platforms first. And as mentioned earlier, next week's episode is going to be on Valentine's Day, and it's going to be all about shipping. So there's love in the air and possibly Buford's feet in your face. Oh, there you are, Perry. Holy guacamole, you sure are a handful. Meat carbonated goulash pieces are closer than they appear. Meat carbonated goulash may be subject to license, title, tax, and destination charges. Please wash hands thoroughly after contact with meat carbonated goulash. If hunger persists after contact with meat carbonated goulash, consult your physician. I'm sorry, is this Studio A? No, this is Studio... Hey, wait a second. You just wanted to get into this episode, didn't you? No! Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Get out. All right, but I can totally read that faster than you. Out. Okay, okay, grumpy. Batteries not included. Batteries not included. Out.